Hi, I'm Greg, the host of the Patient Advocate Podcast. On this podcast, I interview patient advocates. Patient advocates are professionals that help their clients navigate our complex healthcare system to achieve their goals, whether it's dealing with a cancer diagnosis or creating a care plan for mom. Patient advocates can provide a broad range of help and ensure that their clients feel supported every step of the way. This week, we're speaking with Debbie Deutsch. Debbie is a professional, independent patient advocate and the founder of Patient Care Partners based in Madison, Wisconsin. We'll share Debbie's contact information in the show notes. Before we jump into the episode, a quick word from our sponsor, Mara. Mara is a website that people who need help navigating the healthcare system for themselves or for someone they love can use to find and hire a patient advocate. Learn more at MyMara, that's M-Y-M-A-R-R-A, MyMara.com. Okay, let's get to the show. Okay, Debbie, thank you so much for jumping on a call with me today. Very excited to speak with you. Uh, I'd love to first start with you telling me a bit about your background. Sure. Thanks, Greg, for having me. Uh, My name is Debbie Deutsch. Um, As you know, I live in Madison, Wisconsin. I am a board-certified patient advocate. I'm also an entrepreneur. I hold a graduate certificate in consumer health advocacy from the University of Wisconsin in Madison, and I also have a bachelor's of science in advertising and marketing from the Ohio State University. Wow, range of uh, of specialties in your background. That's exciting to hear. And tell me more about how you became interested in patient advocacy. Sure. It was a long road, and, you know, at the beginning, I didn't even know what patient advocacy was, but I trained several years ago as a hospital chaplain, and I also um, have several years' experience working with hospice patients and families at end of life, and those years of experience gave me many opportunities to see how some patients simply slip through the cracks and it's it's usually no one's no one specific person's fault but more of a systemic problem and I went from there to dealing with end-of-life issues with my younger sister and my father so then I saw this from a family's perspective and I I looked at it from a a different lens and and really it, it began to gel for me how fragmented our healthcare system is. So I began to wonder what I, as just one person, could do to help, even if I would only be helping one person. And that's when I decided to go back to school and learn more about what I then could define as patient advocacy, the art and science of patient advocacy. Wow. And I'm curious, uh, what is your, your definition of a patient advocate? What does it mean to you and, and kind of how do you explain it to others when they ask what you do? Sure. Um, I, I think it's, it's really important to point out that many, many people identify as patient advocates. Mm-hmm. So they might be healthcare clinicians, physicians, nurses, PAs, social workers, physical therapists, etc., 
or they might be family members who are advocating for for patients, meaning members of their own family. And that's all very, very appropriate. So I would point out that I'm an independent patient advocate, and that means that my allegiance lies 100% with the patients and families that hire me. As an independent patient advocate, I'm not reimbursed by an insurance company, and I'm not on staff at a hospital or part of any healthcare system. So that means I work independently from systems and absolutely for patients and families. And in doing this, I believe that I'm part of the solution and I can sometimes do things that others within these systems cannot. Um, I can very often effectively link systems and resources together with patients and families that need them. And I absolutely save patients time, money, and heartache. Um, what I see is that independent patient advocates, or advocacy rather, excuse me, has an interesting way of improving patient outcomes and naturally improving patient satisfaction with their own health care, which is wonderful. Wow. Wow, thank you for sharing that. And you know, you classified yourself as an independent advocate. What would be the opposite side of that? Can you describe what that world looks like? Sure. Sometimes, let's say a hospital system. Sometimes the hospital system will identify the need for an advocate or for a navigator. It's important to, to note that CMS, which is the Center for Medicare Services, Medicare and Medicaid, does not acknowledge patient advocacy as a reimbursable service. So if you're a hospital system, you have to figure out how you're going to pay for some someone like that, right. someone in that role. And often they find a spot perhaps in the legal department. That might be where they house a patient advocate. But from a patient's perspective, it's very important to understand that that advocate is employed by the hospital. And guess what? That's where their allegiance lays. Right. They answer to the hospital. They're employed by their hospi the hospital. The loyal their loyalty is towards is with the hospital. And they're limited in, in what they can do for, uh, for a, a patient. So it's a very, very important difference. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Um, and I'm curious, what services would a patient advocate provide? Sure. Um, a patient advocate can be very instrumental in helping with billing issues and negotiations with healthcare systems and insurance companies. And believe me, this can be very frustrating and time-consuming for a layperson to spend hours and hours and hours arguing with an insurance company. Right. Um, Patient advocates are also very skilled at helping patients and families through times of transitions. So an example would be um, perhaps a senior who wants to remain as independent as long as possible. I can help them do that by identifying appropriate additional supports as they're needed so that the patient is then empowered to call their own shots as long as possible 
given whatever transitions might happen through illness or aging. Um, another thing that comes up frequently is patients feeling that their physicians might not be listening to them or that the physicians that are involved in their care are not talking to each other. So sometimes I, I, I go along to physician visits and help coordinate care. Um, I can tell you honestly that physicians welcome this because I make sure that the patient is well prepared for the appointment. I am keenly aware that a physician has got 8, 10, maybe 15 minutes per appointment. So I, I keep this on point. I make sure that all of the patient's questions are answered or asked rather and answered in a way that the patient can understand them. And then we recap afterwards. And it's a nice reassurance that the patient will become more compliant in their own health care. And again, that makes them, it, it just has a way of them being more more satisfied with their health care, and they, they also see improved outcomes. And that gets back to the physician. So it's really a win-win, and that's, that's just another example. Um, an, another thing that I see frequently is I hear from adult children who might sense that mom or dad's needs are changing, something is, is something's going on, they can't quite put their finger on it, they might be... Um, geographically far away, or they might be nearby, but they are swamped with their own lives, kids, responsibilities, um, and they they express that they, they need help. This is the hardest thing they've ever done. There are not enough hours in the day, that type of thing. So I can help keep geographically scattered families on the same page and help with this care coordination in, in real ways. And it's also, it's important to know, it's not always elderly people who are my clients. It could be a special needs child that I'm helping along with, with the child's parents. It, it really could be any age that benefits, a patient of any age that benefits from having an independent patient advocate in their corner. Wow, it's a whole range of different services. And I'm curious, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned that sometimes an adult child may uh, reach out to you. What is the most common way that someone learns about your services and you begin that relationship? Sure. I am part of a national directory through um, an organization called APHA, and that stands for the Alliance for Professional Health Advocates. So I'm part of a national directory. Um, I have a website. I um, do a lot of personal networking myself. Mm -hmm. um, I see some really nice word of mouth referrals, which just is so humbling. I can't even tell you. So it's it's pretty organic. This is a right. this is very much an emerging discipline. Um, I was just to give you an idea of some numbers. I was part of the first group of advocates that sat for the initial patient advocacy board certification test this past spring. 
there are 147 of us that passed this test, this wow. board certification, and that is in the United States. Wow. So there are 147 board-certified patient advocates in the entire country. I believe the last number that I heard is there are about 650 independent um, patient advocates, not board-certified, but still practicing. So it's a very, it's very much an emerging field. It's, we feel that we're pioneers. Um, we feel that we are in our infancy because it's true. But I do believe that's changing. I see a lot of very positive trends. Um, I think that one of the things that I, I honestly see, it's very apparent to me, is that our healthcare systems are they're hemorrhaging money, right? And they are very quietly lopping off services that used to be part of all of our healthcare. And, you know, it might be that you could go and, and get a case manager or you could go, you know, you might be going, undergoing cancer treatment, let's say, and you, there was a social worker in your clinic that you could, you could consult with if needed. But guess what? The social hours, the social workers hours have been cut and now she's only there on Tuesdays and Thursdays till 11 o'clock. So you have to wait in line. Right. And I think that is a trend that is going to continue. And as healthcare consumers, we're all, all of us, going to be paying out of pocket for things that used to be routine. And I, I, I really believe that's an emerging trend. Wow, I love that analysis. Thanks for, for summarizing that for us. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm curious, if someone were to be listening to this today or even sitting at home and, you know, they're considering if they're uh, a good fit for working with, a, with an advocate, what are a couple of questions that you think someone could ask themselves to help make that, that determination? Sure. Um, well, I would never, ever be afraid to pick up the phone and, and call a patient advocate and say, this is, this is my story. Is this something that you can help with? Um, I would always do that initial consult at absolutely no cost. Um, some things that, that are common threads are if you are feeling overwhelmed either with your own evolving health care or that of a loved one. And again, I, I think of these adult kids who are like, yeah, I think something's going on with my mom or dad. I feel like I need to be there more and I can't and I don't know. I don't know what's available. I don't know how to figure this out. I don't understand how the system works. I don't understand insurance billing. So all of those things, it, it's like, oh, this is really starting to feel like a pinch to me. Um, so it's like when you head out on a trip and you, you wouldn't want to go without your map or your GPS. <laughs> you, you just need something to help guide you through. Yeah. And it might be very short term. It might, it might evolve organically if things change. It, it, it can go either way based on the patient's needs and what the patient and family needs and wants. Got it. That's great. And I'm curious if you could share... Uh, a personal story um, uh, of you working with a client. Obviously, no personal details required from the patient side, sure. but I'd love to really provide a concrete example of you working with someone, helping with, uh, with their needs um, to help clarify this uh, for our listeners. Sure. Um, a good example would be 
Um, I'm thinking of a adult son who called me. He shared that his mother had stage four terminal cancer. She had applied for social security disability and had been denied. And the son was running a small business. His wife was pregnant with their second child. He's like, I can't deal with this. I love my mother, but I can't help her with this. Is this something that you can help with? And I said, oh, sure. This should be very short term. Let's, let's see what's going on with her application and, and I'll get to work. So I got her social security disability approved and I sat down with the mom who was the patient and I said, okay, we're all done here. It's really been a pleasure working with you. Yeah. And she said, well, I have really enjoyed working with you, Debbie, and I've got this other problem. So I said, what's your other problem? And she literally had a, a kind of a basket of medical bills wow. from when her husband had passed away six months ago. She said, I would really appreciate if you could go through these bills. I, you know, I don't feel good. I, I'm so overwhelmed. I can't even open them. So I got her bills organized and I came upon a community care program with the Milwaukee VA system where her husband had been a patient. And I found that there was a specific program and she met, we applied for it, she met the criteria and the VA agreed to absorb her outstanding $10,000 in medical bills. Wow. Fantastic. And this, it took me maybe two or three hours. So that that is fantastic advocacy. And it's also a good example of how you think that you might be doing something very short term and that's great, but sometimes it evolves into something more and it's it's all of value, it's all of service, it's all meeting a very real need. Wow, that's an incredible uh, story. Thanks for sharing that. Um, my last question will be, you know, where can people learn more about patient advocacy and the work that uh, people like you do? What are some resources that you, you would suggest to our listeners? Oh, sure, sure. And actually, I am asked this probably on a weekly basis. Someone will say, I love what you're doing. This is my background. My background is such and such. How can I, how can I do what you do? Um, there are a couple fantastic resources. I would encourage folks that are interested to look into, and I mentioned this earlier, the Alliance for Professional Health Advocates. Their website is um, APHA.org. It's a fantastic resource for, um, it offers a directory of patient advocates, so you can go to find an advocate. You can also go there if you're interested in advocacy and learn more about it, particularly if you want to set up your own practice. It gives you some fantastic tools to use. So that's that's a, a great resource. Another thing I would um, encourage folks to look at is the... Um, the PACB, which is the Patient Advocacy Certification Board, and they are the group that worked for probably the past five years on coming up with this board testing. In my opinion, it's a very necessary step in the credibility of this profession. That's a great place to go and look at um, kind of what you need to know to be a patient advocate. Um, I would also 
give a shout out to my, my training program here in Madison, which was the Center for Patient Partnerships. That's with the University of Wisconsin in Madison, Wisconsin. It is a very small program, but it can you can do the program remotely. It attracts patient or it attracts students, excuse me, from all over the country. Um, very small, but very innovative and progressive, and an excellent program. That's great. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for for talking with me today. Um, it Greg. was it was amazing to learn more about what you do and. Uh, truly, thank you for the work that you do for your, for your clients. It's uh, it's incredible. So hopefully we can talk to you again soon. Thank you.